All right, welcome to episode three of You Scared of This Shit, where we review the tale of the lonely ghost. You probably remember this episode if you ever saw uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, This is, I will point out, the first episode of the show not directed by show favorite Ron Oliver and not written by Chloe Brown. So this one is directed by DJ McHale and written by Naomi Jansen. Uh, Another interesting thing about this episode, we talked last time about how the episodes open, and this was the first one to have the full scary opening. Yes, we have reached the promised land. Let's take a listen to that right now. After that, we see Kristen wandering up to the campsite alone, and David accidentally scares her. He appears from the woods and says, sorry, sorry, in his Canadian accent. Sorry. Which I'm going to point out every single time. Sorry. He has met her at the campsite early so that he can give her a birthday present, and she is so impressed that he remembered that it was her birthday. There's some obvious romance here obvious like he's very sweet he gives her a little box that i think is very obviously going to have jewelry inside of it it's charming i would have been rooting for the two of them so hard when i was a little kid i probably did i probably loved that element of this episode oh not me i thought girls were gross back then (laughs) well what a waste of jewelry (laughs) you should have saved that money and bought like pop rocks or something (laughs) i thought you meant what a waste of waste of jewelry like you could have been wearing that jewelry yourself That too. Six-year-old duck has just walked around with like huge rings and necklaces on. (laughs) The youngest pimp in Kentucky. You were the Mr. T of Calvert, Kentucky. So we get a scene that I really enjoy as the two of them walk up to the campfire to meet the rest of the Midnight Society. That awful turd Eric is throwing candy into his mouth. He's throwing candy up in the air, leaning his head back and catching it in his mouth uh, to try and show how cool he is. But of course, my man Frank is having none of that. Good job, Frank. Yeah, Eric's trying to be cool, leans his head back, and Frank dumps water down his throat. (laughs) I couldn't choke! Go ahead, take your best shot. Frank tells him to take his best shot. Eric and Frank are going to fucking fight. If that had been the rest of this episode, I would have loved it. Like, Eric (laughs) even shoves him. A 22-minute fight scene between the two of them. (laughs) That concludes with someone getting thrown into the fire. The rest of the Midnight Society is just standing there, like, eyes wide, mouths agape, horrified, (laughs) as one of them just throws the other into the fire and then walks away, and the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Would the guy who, would the victor of the fight be the one who says, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed? (laughs) He takes the sand and throws it on the other person. (laughs) (laughs) tune in next week for episode four of are you afraid of frank (laughs) spoiler alert everyone is afraid of frank at that point eric is dead it's just frank sitting solitarily next to the fire looking into it he's on the like the stone throne that they have Mm. would it be funnier if we see frank like the next week sitting around like eating a chunk of like charred meat (laughs) (laughs) no no that would be terrible murdering eric is totally justified though (laughs) 
Wow, where were we? So David and Kristen show back up. Sorry. Kiki is cracking up at what just happened, and she's talking about how Frank and Eric were almost in a fight. Oh, look at that. Yeah, and then David sits down on the fancy rock throne. David gives the best introduction to a story so far. My story's got to do with two kids who don't get along because they're so different from each other. And a love that is so strong, it can survive anything, even death. David sounds like a total pushover, but his intro is really mysterious and deep. Yeah, he really put a lot of thought into his presentation of the story and how it's going to factor into events that we will see later on. The tale begins... The tale of the lonely ghost. And we open with a shot... What we are initially led to believe is a pretty inconspicuous shot of a for sale sign toppling over in a yard. And the camera pans over to an adjacent house. We hear David introducing Amanda. I thought it was funny that he said, Her mom and dad were some kind of scientists. These kids, like, they're trying to construct these stories with a very limited knowledge of how the world works, and I really enjoy that. I did too. Her parents are in northern Canada studying ancient relics. And so Aunt Dottie has picked her up in the station wagon. And Aunt Dottie looks and sounds like someone who is teetering on the brink of insanity. Sweetie, what in the world did your mother put in here? <laughs> Books! Books! Feels like you've got a whole set of encyclopedias. She's like wide-eyed and has a manic joker smile. She notices we get kind of a funny dramatic zoom into her face as she sees something horrifying. I can't even get people to look at the place. <laughs> I wish you would just... <gasps> And it's revealed that she is, in fact, a realtor, and she's seen that the for sale sign just toppled over. Sometimes I think this house just doesn't want to be sold. Yeah, and while this is happening, Amanda is looking up towards Beth's window. She is staying with Aunt Dottie and Cousin Beth, and Aunt Dottie has assured her that she and Beth are going to have a great time. But when they call to Beth to help them bring the bags up, Beth does not respond. And Dottie says, oh, she must be on the phone with her friends again. Sure enough, we see Beth, like, peek out the window, and we see that she's holding a telephone. We see the curled phone cord, and uh, she kind of stares at Amanda and then disappears behind the curtains again. So Beth does not want to help them, does not want to come down and see her cousin. She wants to stay upstairs and talk on the phone with her friends. Uh, She looks like a John Hughes character, like, as seen through a funhouse mirror. Yeah, she is, if Molly Ringwald was possessed by Josh from the last episode. She's a royal dickhead, but she looks exactly like an 80s Molly Ringwald parody. And like you said, all she wants to do is sit in her room with her enormous, immaculate collection of stuffed animals. Amanda goes inside, she meets Beth in Beth's insane room. Uh, Beth's room is full of stuffed animals. Like, there are two beds, and one of them has maybe five to ten stuffed animals and the other one has 10 to 20 so she obviously hasn't changed her room since she was a small child but she's definitely added to it because when amanda walks in we see magazine cutouts of shirtless hunks plastered to the wall right next to the light switch so this is a clearly an evolving setup that she has do you think this is another case of uh, what do we say it was frank (laughs) inquiring about the details of the room this is frank's doing yeah so tell me about Beth. What's Beth like? She's a girl, right? So she probably likes stuffed animals, doesn't well, she? Well, it's like a girly room. She's got, you know, pink and stuffed animals everywhere. Now hold on, David, because I can imagine, like, 
500 different kinds of stuffed animals. Okay, like anything you can think of, it's there, okay? Just, this is not relevant to the story. <laughs> Man, David, this girl is obsessed with stuffed animals. Are you telling me she doesn't have any other interests beyond that? I don't know, she likes boys. She's probably got some pictures of those on the wall, too. Okay, I've got it. A room with 500 stuffed animals and magazine cuts out of shirtless men everywhere. Go on. <laughs> so she's got pictures of, the, of guys on the wall, right? I mean, I guess so. She's like a 14-year-old girl. I mean, are, are they wearing... Are they wearing shirts? <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it's like what you would see in, in Tiger Beat or whatever. It's just, they're not... <laughs> what? Now, you, I, I don't even know what the story was about now. You've made me forget my story. Thanks, Frank. This concludes the tale of the shirtless men on the wall. Meeting closed. <laughs> this is so stupid. Um, so, yeah, Amanda arrives at Beth's stuffed animal flooded room with shirtless men all over the walls. And Beth is immediately a jerk to her. I suppose she told you we're going to do all sorts of fun stuff together. Yeah. Wrong. But Beth is not completely cruel to the bone. She she decides to give Amanda a chance to prove herself. To prove what? What is she trying? What, is, what does Amanda want to prove? I really don't know because at this point, if I'm Amanda, I'm just telling Beth to fuck off. I will tell like, you what Amanda has to prove. She has to prove that she's not a zeeb. You have to prove you're not a Zeeb. Ah, yes. Referring back to my notes, I see that Zeeb is going to be the theme of this episode. So they think that Amanda is a real Zeeb, and Amanda has to prove that she is not a Zeeb. Just for fun, uh, I'm going to go to Urban Dictionary right now. Look up Zeeb. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> thank you, Internet. The word Zeeb is defined under a dictionary. Uh, I'll read the definition now. Zeeb, a total and complete loser, one unable to do cool things like spend the night in a haunted house. But David, can you use it in a sentence? Of course. The example given by a dictionary. Hey, Amanda Lair, I bet you won't spend the night in that haunted house. You are such a Zeeb. Well done, J. Matthew Kelly. So getting back to the episode... Uh, <laughs> Beth tells Amanda that if Amanda wants to prove she's not a Zeeb, she has to go through the initiation process. And that means that she has to, A, be cool, and or she has to help Beth clean up her room, and she has to help Beth do her laundry. But then she's going to have to stay in the haunted house across the street. Anyone who hangs with us has to spend a night alone in the place next door. It's haunted. And then later that day, we're shown that she meets the other inhabitant of her aunt's house. Nanny. Beth's nanny named... Nanny. Nanny, yeah. No name. She's just Nanny. When we first see Nanny, she looks crazy. You must be Amanda. I'm Nanny. There are strange and terrifying things happening behind Nanny's eyes. Yeah. If you touch our contaminated, wrinkly old hand, I'll never let you touch my things again. Beth explains to Amanda, she's like, I hate Nanny. I don't want to have a Nanny. I'm too old for a Nanny. I wish she would go away. This sort of thing comes out of Beth's mouth constantly. Like, Nanny can be within earshot, and Beth will just be shouting about how much she hates miserable old Nanny. And at this point in the story, it's kind of hard to blame Beth. Like, I would be terrified and miserable living with this woman, like, at all times. Terrified of living with Nanny? Yes! She is a shamble of a human being! <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that she's always sober, Nanny looks like a person who regrets her life of drinking. 
The following morning, Amanda encounters Nanny once again. Nanny trips and uh, accidentally reveals a, a locket. Yeah. So later that night, uh, we fade to a scene outside the haunted house, and yeah. Amanda is about to be initiated. She's surrounded by all of Beth's cool kid friends wearing their cool kid 90s fashions. Yeah, the Babysitter's Club has convened to bully Amanda. And they explain to her why the house is haunted. In what is actually sort of a horrible story. A long, long time ago, there was a little girl who lived there. All the kids made fun of her because she couldn't talk. One day, her mom got a letter that her dad, who was away in the war, had gotten sick. So she sent the little girl to stay with her grandmother. Well, she went away to take care of him. No, it's just not how war works. No, that's not how war works. Only the little girl didn't make it to her grandmother's. Because on the way, some mean kids surrounded her and teased her. En route to her grandmother's house, she was accosted by a group of bullies who chased her back to her house and trapped her in her room where she yeah. starved to death. They locked her in her bedroom. And she didn't escape alive. She died at home alone. Ah! And her grandmother never even knew she was supposed to be coming to visit. So with the tale having been explained to Amanda and to the audience, Amanda enters the house. So Amanda begins exploring the house. We're treated to a bunch of uh, Dutch angles to let us at home know that uh, reality here is not as it may seem. And Amanda makes her way to the bedroom. Oh, and uh, and Beth's friends watching kind of laugh. And Beth says, she really thinks we all did this. <laughs> Amanda makes it upstairs and into a, a bedroom. And uh, inside of this room, it is totally empty. There's nothing in the room but a mirror hanging on the closet door. She is startled by her own reflection, but is even more startled when she turns around and finds the words, help me, written on the wall backwards. Scribbled onto the wall... And terrifying black letters, it just says, Help me? And Amanda realizes it's written backwards, so she looks at it and then looks at the mirror to see it written forwards. And that is the moment where the mirror starts to glow, and we get literally the first moment of CGI in the entire series. Uh, if you'll remember, in the last episode, uh, a little boy, Josh, walks up to a mirror, and it turns into... A clown. Like, we see the image of a clown in the mirror. What do you think I am? Some kind of clown? Well, this time, they've actually put some budget behind it, and the mirror glows and transforms, and on the other side of it, we see a spooky-ass dead Arya Stark. And this is the moment when we at home all shit ourselves. She sees the ghost, and we hit our first scream take of the episode. I have wandered in old abandoned houses alone at night. That was something I did for fun when I was in high school, because I watched too much Are You Afraid of the Dark as a kid. Yep. It's scary, and I live in a world without ghosts. She wandered into a haunted house, and a ghost showed up. Like, things have just gotten really, really real. The girl, she's she's very reminiscent of, like, what we think of now is like the girl from The Ring or The Grudge or any of those movies. Uh, sort of the the archetypal young girl in a, a white smock outfit with black hair. Uh, just sort of emerging from somewhere where girls shouldn't emerge. 
I like the decision on the part of the director here to just show the character. I feel like if this episode were made now, there would be a lot of like hiding the the ghost, and it would be it would yeah, be like the I mean, Ring, where you yeah. never get a full reveal of the character. Uh, I, I admired the choice here to just show it, which almost makes it more terrifying that you have to like you have to see the character and come to terms with the fact that there is a ghost here and she is a girl and like she has a face and a personality. Yeah, I think it plays to the strength of the episode. Like the visuals of that ghost are quite terrifying. I thought about how in the last episode we see Zebo in the reflection that one time and then we never see him again. And I thought that was a great use of that character because a lot of the scenes take place in the daylight or like in a house. And I wonder if they thought there's no way we can make showing him as scary as not showing him. Or maybe they thought it'd be too scary. I don't know. But um, here, this little girl, she's like, she's sort of like a sepia tone. Like she has no color whatsoever. Like she is visually scary. And I think that it's a great choice to just show a ghost standing there in the reflection. Like, there's nothing they could have done that would have been scarier than that. Beth went to Sally's for the whole night and thought he was working late. That means Amanda was home alone with Nanny. So we get a quick cutaway to the Midnight Society as they debate whether Amanda is safer with the ghost or with Nanny. Yeah, Frank says, She should have stayed with the ghost. Now she's alone with a lunatic. And then who decides to speak up but fucking... Dickhead Eric. Nanny isn't a lunatic. Beth just told Amanda that to scare her. But you probably didn't get that. The tension between the two of them is is a real treat on this show. Everyone argues about it for a second, and then diplomatic Gary turns to David and is like, okay, okay, what happened next? And uh, David tells us that Amanda reported all of this to Aunt Dottie. She told Aunt Dottie about going over to the house, and she told her about the creepy girl in the mirror and she told her about the writing on the wall aunt dotty is pissed we get a somewhat amusing cut to a pair of buckets just being placed on the ground and aunt dotty commands both girls to go back over to the house and wash off the uh the writing on the wall which is a reasonable request on her part like they've just admitted to breaking into this house and that there is vandalism so the girls get inside the house and they're arguing with each other and uh they go into the room And it takes Beth a minute to realize what's going on. Amanda sees, she's kind of scanning the walls and she's looking surprised. The camera pans around and we see that written all over the walls, uh, big and small, are the words help me written backwards. And Beth blames this on Amanda. You did this just to get me in trouble, didn't you? But just like yesterday, the door closes and the mirror across the room undergoes a transformation. And we see through the mirror, we see a room filled with stuffed animals. Beth can only dream of this kind of stuffed animal collection. It's so weird. And Beth is hypnotized by it. She's talking about it. She, she says, What an awesome collection. So I guess the reason Beth has all of these dolls and toys is because she's she considers herself a collector of these things. So it's not childish for her to have them. I guess the room that she's looking into is supposed to be the same room that the girls are in right? Yeah, that room at a different time. Beth reaches up to the mirror and I don't know what she's thinking because she passes straight through it and a fucking ghost walks out of the mirror. Beth has disappeared and she has been replaced by the terrifying little girl ghost nightgown. Uh, She is slowly walking towards Amanda holding something in her hand. Yeah, she offers something to Amanda, who is just crouched down in the fetal position, waiting for death. When Amanda looks up, she realizes that the ghost is not going to harm her. She's kind of surprised. And the ghost has uh, outstretched an outstretched hand, 
and she's offering a locket. Amanda takes the locket and looks at the picture inside of it. And it's Nanny. Ooh. Amanda puts together, oh, I have to help this girl reconnect with her mother. And Amanda bolts out the door back to the house to try to make things right. Yeah, she she runs into the house and she's looking everywhere. She's shouting for Nanny. And that's where she looks out the window and sees a man helping Nanny load her luggage into a car. It looks like she is packing her bags to finally leave. Oh, no. Now they'll never be reconnected. Uh, Amanda, they'll be reconnected. Don't worry. Spoiler alert. (laughs) They, They totally get reconnected. She stops Nanny and she's like, you can't go. And Nanny says, no, you hear the way they bitch about me. They like these people suck. I'm out of here. And Amanda says, wait, before you go, you should go over to that ghost house with me. And Nanny looks at her like she's crazy, and she starts sobbing. And she's like, no, I'm not going over that ghost house. That ghost house is too sad. But she is shown the locket, and that is enough to convince her to make one final trip over to the ghost house. Where did you get this? Yeah, it's revealed that Nanny's locket that she wears has a picture of the little girl in it. And the little ghost girl had a locket with Nanny. So when Amanda drags Nanny inside the house, no one is surprised to see her weeping and embracing the little ghost girl, so happy. My baby! My baby! They hug, and she says, I didn't know you were here all this time. Is this the best acting we've seen in the show so far? Yeah, Nanny does a great job. The little ghost girl does a great job. Clearly, like, what this show has been missing is female actors. Because Nanny, the ghost, Amanda, they're all way better than anyone we've seen so far. And so the ghost takes Nanny by the hand and leads Nanny through the looking glass. Yes. Yes, I'll go with you. On the other side of the mirror, we see that the little ghost girl is no longer uh, creepy or wearing a, a sack Um, She's in a cute dress. She has her flesh tones back. Uh, They're in the room full of toys, and they're having a great time. Uh, We see in the reflection, they hug each other, and then they leave the bedroom reflection of the mirror. Presumably to pass over to hell. Yes, they go straight to hell. Speaking of hell, Amanda looks in the mirror and sees Beth still stuck inside of it. But when she gets closer to it, it suddenly sounds like Beth is uh, is right there with her. And then for no no clear reason, all of uh, Beth's friends show up in the room. Well, they say that they had gone to look for Beth and Aunt Dottie had told the girls where they were. Ah. Yeah. And they enter just as uh, Beth is pleading with Amanda to set her free. So Amanda realizes what's going on and she says, Are you going to stop bossing me around? Are you going to stop bossing your friends around? Yes. So Amanda simply opens the closet door and out Beth tumbles at everyone's feet. Yeah. She has been brought low. Somehow, rather than being stuck inside of the mirror, she is now she was just trapped in the closet. Cue <laughs> <laughs> trapped in the closet. Um, <laughs> the ghost of R. Kelly left and set Beth free. Uh, Amanda opens the door, Beth falls to the ground, and everyone laughs at her for getting stuck inside of a closet and getting scared. At which point, Beth's friends say, You know, Beth, I think we're going to have to make some changes in this group. 
that concludes the story. Uh, we cut back to the Midnight Society as David wraps up his tale. Everyone is amused and laughing and happy. They all congratulate him. And David pours the water on the fire as Gary declares that meeting of the Midnight Society over. Everyone makes their exit. But while they're making their exit, we have to point out, Frank puts Eric in a headlock and drags him off into the woods. Come on, Zeb. I'll buy a soda to cool you off. Eric makes no effort to uh, fight Pack. No, he just slumps over and wanders away sad. One of us will post a picture of this uh, (laughs) online. So everyone leaves except for David. And Kristen. Who, uh, Kristen opens her birthday present from David. And lo and behold, it is, it's a locket. A locket like in your story. Do you think it's a locket with like a picture of David's face on the inside? I wondered if it was just like two pictures of David or if it was a picture of Nanny (laughs) and a ghost. Like, like he's hand drawn them on lined paper and written the words Nanny and a ghost. (laughs) on either side of it (laughs) Kristen is very sweet for not calling him out on how weird that is Kristen handles this with good grace yeah she she thanks him for it kisses him on the cheek she says I will think of you every time I wear it and yeah then she uh gives him a little peck on the cheek smooth operator he did it yeah you got two like one quarter base got up to he he hit the ball (laughs) uh yeah so David celebrates for a a half a second, grabs his backpack, and runs off, uh, and the episode ends. Eli, how would you compare the tale of the lonely ghost to the two episodes that we've already watched? The tale of the lonely ghost is, without a question, the best of the first three episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I would agree. The, The ghost manages to be simultaneously more endearing and as scary as Zebo. Tying this back to something I said in the last episode, it does a, a good job of drawing on a, a legitimate childhood fear of like being abandoned or being bullied. I also think that putting a ghost in the closet was a nice touch. Like, closets were scary when I was a kid. Mm. I'm saying that like they're not scary to children now. Like, like we've solved that problem. I'm just saying when I was little, closets were scary. Uh, and I liked the ending. I liked the, the twist of Nanny entering the mirror and being restored. And we joked about like them going off to hell. But there is some, <laughs> some ambiguity about like what does that mean now that like a living person has chosen to stay within that boundary yeah the fact that that was even allowed to happen makes it even more mysterious and i thought was a nice touch we see the little girl rejuvenated nanny is young and happy again it goes from sad to spooky to happy really well it is a ballsy move i think on their part to show a dead child yeah yeah for sure it's not scary in the way that zebo was scary because he's this terrifying like monster man there's an existential terror to the ghost in, in this episode Yeah, that the previous episodes lacked. Yeah, in the first episode, you know, the fear was that the boys were going to be in a cab that crashed into a tree and their organs were going to be harvested, which is actually way darker than the first episode really communicates. And in the second episode, it's the, like, really aggressive fear of a clown monster coming to get you and who knows what he's going to do to you, which is, is very, very actively like scary but this this is is a much more subtle subdued kind of thing and and it's it's great to see how well they did that so eli i have to know yeah you scared of this shit absolutely 
the idea of a child ghost appearing in the mirror is awful. You could put that in a in a rated R movie for grown-ups and I would not like it. Child ghosts creepy. Things appearing in mirrors creepy. Like dark abyss creepy. This would have scared me as a child. This would scare me if someone remade it for adults. I would not nope, wouldn't enjoy it. So um yes, I am scared of this shit. Dykus, what about you? I think I'm scared of this shit. Yeah. Again, there's an uh, an existential horror to it that hits you regardless of your age. Which is amazing because the threat of the ghost really only lasts for about a minute. Beth sees the ghost, gets scared, runs away, and the next time she comes back, she's fine. Like, the ghost is not threatening at all. So it's amazing how short-lived the fear of the ghost lasts. But it is it, it is real, and they did a great job with it. So props to you, DJ, DJ McHale and Naomi Jansen. Uh, for what is my favorite of the first three episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So a little bit of news to report. Uh, you can now follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at facebook.com slash you scared of this shit, one word, and at twitter.com slash you scared of this. And if you follow us on social media, we're going to be posting some funny pictures, some extras from the podcast, uh, just some fun stuff. And you can keep up with when we release new episodes on there. So check us out. Facebook.com slash you scared of this shit and Twitter.com slash you scared of this. Well, with that business out of the way, Eli, would you like to give uh, the listeners a taste of what we're going to be talking about next week? Yeah, next week we are going to be uh, talking about episode four of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Twisted Claw. Getting a bit of a mix up here. This is going to be directed by DJ McHale, who did today's episode, but it is written by Chloe Brown, who did the first two. Uh, So I'm kind of curious what that pairing will be like. Uh, And my understanding is that this one is sort of based on the monkey's paw. So we'll see how that goes. Very excited about that one. I am as well. Uh, So... Do you want to make the declaration? No, I'll let you do this one. All right. I declare this meeting of You Scared of This Shit closed. See ya. Good night, everyone. And oh yeah, I got the tale of the shiny red bicycle in the BuzzFeed quiz. See you next time.